0: Welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley, and I'm super excited for this week's show. It is our 700th episode.
1: Yeah!
0: Which means we have to celebrate the 25-year anniversary of Meet Joe Black, which we missed by two whole days. It's Uh, still uh, close enough. It's 100% close enough. I'm joined for this very special discussion by Adam Risky. Hey, Adam.
1: And Texas?
0: And taxes. And I'm joined taxes. by hey, Adam and taxes. Happy yeah. 700, Adam.
1: Happy 700, Patrick.
0: Thank you. Yeah.
1: I remember when you were doing episode 100.
0: I do, too. That was at this Movie Fest. Yeah. The first one ever.
1: And I, I wanted to participate, but I just so happened to have tickets to a Milwaukee Bucks Chicago Bulls game. Mm. And I, I, I went on, on StubHub and we had court seats in Milwaukee, because oh it was gosh. super cheap to get them yeah. at that time. It was like getting 100 level seats at the United Center. Okay, And that was when Derek Rose was in his prime. And man, that feels like such a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was
0: <laughs> 600 shows ago. Yeah. I remember episode 500. That was Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. I remember episode 400. We did that live. Yeah, episode six hundred, of course, mirrors, oh, yeah. which seems like it was just yesterday. Yeah, and here re- we are, a hundred shows later.
1: I remember episode four hundred. Foss was just like Dukes of Hazzard. Not so bad. I remember that too, and he gets like oddly defensive about it. I'm just like, just fucking own it, kid. <laughs> And episode 500 when we did that live i remember getting like the worst stage fright i've ever had interesting and I, was, I was if there's any photos of it i remember i was like hugging part of the stage <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was a weird show because there were a lot of us up there and no real plan and it, it was probably better to be there than it was to listen back to mm-hmm. it but you know what can you do yeah. but we're here to talk meet joe black we are one of the best movies of 1998. It's very good. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Um, but before we do that, Adam, have you seen anything good lately?
1: Yeah, um, I I had a, a day before Scary Movie Month ended where I was like, I just want to cram in a bunch of <clears throat> movies. So I had a it was a it was a nice little Sunday. Okay. Um, and I found the movies I was looking for all month, the new to me, is that like I'm like, yes, these are the ones. Oh, nice. These are my favorites, okay. so I watched two of them back to back. Okay. I watched The Stepfather for the first time, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's way better than the Dylan Walsh one. Are you sure? I'll watch it again. <laughs> um, but I'm very excited to watch Stepfather 2 next year. It's not as good. I don't care. Yeah. Stepfather it's... 1 was great.
0: Yeah. Here's what Stepfather Two has going for it: Meg Foster, mm-hmm. Caroline Williams, more Terry Quinn, yeah, Jeff Burr directing, yeah, bonus Brandis. I like it. Uh, so it's got some stuff going for it.
1: Yeah. Um, the OG Stepfather, though, I was yeah. once I fe- I realized that not only was I I I'm enjoying the company of Jill Sholin yes. and Terry Quinn, yes. Um, And uh, I forgot what her name is. I think it's like Shelly Hack or something. Sounds right. she's in an episode of uh, Tales from the Crypt called The Assassin.
0: I don't know. I don't remember The Assassin. It's a late
1: uh, season six one. Corey Feldman's in it. Oh, my gosh.
0: I definitely never made it that far. Chelsea Field? Yeah. Hold on. I have to to press pause. And then
1: (laughs) I... Was like this is domestic disturbance without a Travolta character, and I was just like, of course I like this, (laughs) Uh, but I know it would make it better—a Travolta Travolta character. character. Yeah. um, Oh my god, I'm being domestically disturbed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, stop. (laughs) Um, And then I watched House of Horrors with Rondo Hatton. It was on this this Universal uh, four pack that. Scream Factory came out with. You know, okay. they had like all those yeah, yeah, yeah. like four movie sets. Um, so I got the one because I, I, since I have seen The Rocketeer so many times, I'm just like, I, I know that that guy is a guy.
0: Right. Like the, the, right, right.
1: Yeah. Right. So it was in the Rondo Awards and everything like that. So I never saw the Rondo Hatton movies. So okay. I watched this one and I liked it a lot. <laughs> I thought it was, uh, you know, it's an hour long, it's very much like a bucket of blood type situation um, where it's like this artist, but then he starts like killing people and stuff. Or he, he kind of farms out Rondo Hatton to kill people and stuff like that. But mm. it's, a, it's a fun little movie. <laughs> and those two back to back were just enough to get me on a high to be like, you know what, I'm going to give the Exorcist Believer a chance. And then I ran out of that the evening with that. <laughs> wow, is that movie not very good. Um, and the thing that makes it even more kind of sad and pathetic is they're like trying in earnest. They're just like, let's make this respectable. Let's bow to the legacy cast. Let's bow to the material and all this bullshit. And then it's just so lame and such a stupid idea to like reboot the exorcist. And after seeing the Pope's exorcist earlier in the month. Yeah. I'm just like, you can't do anything with exorcism movies. There's, like, nowhere to go with them that hasn't been tread already unless, you know, somebody comes around and, like, knocks my socks off with some kind of way to reinvent this subgenre. But They're all the same, so, like, that's great if you like that stuff, but, like, if you're like me, who's just kind of like, I don't know, doesn't really do anything for me. I'm with
0: you. I'm not an exorcism movie guy.
1: I will say this, though. I hope that because the Exorcist Believer did so poorly (laughs) compared to the investment that Blumhouse put in to acquire the rights to the movie. Yeah. If they don't do the next two movies of this planned trilogy, then one of the things that happens at the end of Exorcist Believer, which I'll tell you off mic, is so dark and twisted that it's just like, wow. It's like 30 seconds of the movie. And I'm just like, that is fucked up and you know that you know that it's like something that they're gonna like probably solve for in the next two movies but if they don't happen the implications of something happening is just like wow all right now i'm you have me intrigued yeah um and then i started november with regarding henry which i had (laughs) wanted to rewatch for months and like i really was feeling the itch like in october and i'm just like do i henry early (laughs) <laughs> or do I Henry Late? But I Henry Lated and then um I I had a I won't really talk about the other movie, but I had a weird night where every once in a while I'll do like these just random double features. I'm like, I feel like doing a nineteen ninety one double feature. All right. And I'll just be like, What's two movies I either haven't seen or haven't seen in a long time? So I'm like, regarding Henry and the super. So okay. I watched those two back right. to back.
0: I Look. don't think I've ever seen either one.
1: Okay. So regarding Henry Written by J.J. Abrams, right. directed by Mike Nichols. Right. I grew up with the understanding that this was a good movie. <laughs> because I was a kid. Yeah. And because I think when I was a kid and saw that movie and, like, Guy acts innocent and kind of feeble. Yep. I was just like, equals good. Right, exactly. <laughs> and my parents, I remember, God bless them, like, were like, this is a good movie. So like I just had that in my head that it was a good movie. And then when I watched it, I was just like, this movie makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> because the big problem with it is, okay, if it w- he starts out where he's a lawyer and he's like cutthroat and he's just mean to his Nobody better <laughs>
0: regard me. <laughs> drummer's in the house
1: (laughs) yeah yeah everybody flinched when drummer was in the house (laughs) because he was a meanie um and then he gets shot in the head right and then he has to rehab right and come back to his you know old life and there's two things that are major problems with it one is he does change for the better and become a nice person at the end and he doesn't want to be cutthroat lawyer man okay But the change was nothing under his own agency. Right. So, like, what am I rooting for?
0: (laughs) Well, does it follow the typical disease movie template, like the awakenings structure, Mm -hmm. where at some point the bullet dislodges and he goes back to being mean and then has to choose to be nice? No. No, see? Better movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It just doesn't make any sense, because if it's just like you know something happens where he's attacked but doesn't lose all of his agency like then it's like okay I get it like he had a change of heart but like this is a change of heart against his will (laughs) um so he becomes like a different human being sort of which I don't know and then he and then this law firm you know and granted they don't say like you know let's give him back his old caseload but they're just sort of like yeah you're a lawyer again (laughs) They're like, you know, you got shot in the head, and you clearly have the intellect of a child now. But they're just like, I don't know, put him in the corner office (laughs) and give him some stuff to do.
0: Promoting Henry.
1: And then, like, he gets files, and he's just like, what we did was wrong. And they're just like, oh, Henry. Oh, my God. And then he's just like, but what we did was wrong, right? Because he has childlike eyes against this stuff. Uh. He doesn't have the adult cynicism. And it's so weird because, like, there's this whole, like rosetta stone of like ritz so he's just like they're just like what do you what did you like in your old life and he's just like ritz and they're just <laughs> like what yeah so everybody thinks it's crackers got it and then he they have a scene where like they show him as part of his rehab he's painting a ritz cracker box it's like on a, a canvas he's like painting a ritz cracker box and then um later in the movie it's the biggest laugh in the movie unintentional laugh in the oh, okay. movie. Um, they show him struggling in a lawyer meeting and he's in a fancy office and there's couches and everything like that and then you just see in the background above him and Donald Moffat is the Ritz painting and I'm just like what the (laughs) fuck am I watching Um, it just is such a dopey movie that like I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of it because it's so manufactured this situation
0: Does it seem engineered to, like, get Harrison Ford an Oscar nomination?
1: I guess, but it's just uncomfortable watching (laughs) him... Awarding Henry? Yeah, it's just uncomfortable, like, watching people that you know on screen as being intelligent and strong personalities, and then they're, like, purposely playing Childlike Wonder. Yeah. It's strange.
0: Yeah, it makes sense to me, though, that the screenwriter would go on to become one of the most powerful people in Hollywood.
1: I see the germs of it regarding <laughs> Henry uh, because it starts well and then it ends poorly <laughs> um, and then I yeah the super was weird because like I knew that movie was garbage but it's like Joe Pesci early 90s and yeah. it's like how bad can it be and it's pretty bad um, and it's weird now watching it in 2023 because he's clearly modeled after the Trumps him Mm -hmm. and his and Vincent Gambina is like modeled after Fred Trump and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's kind of like, what if he, you know, has to live in one of his tenements and then he like learns that these are actual human beings and stuff. And like, it's weird that they're sort of like trying to rehabilitate the slum Lord. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, I will say though, there are moments that are kind of fun. Like Ruben Blades is like, one of the guys who lives in the building, and he's just interesting. Like, I just like seeing him in movies. So he has some good scenes with Pesci. And there's a lot... Because it's 91, there's a lot of scenes of, like... They're like, we're having a house party and we're doing, like, a uh, like a electric slide line dance yeah. to You Can't Touch This. And, like, <laughs> seeing... Joe Pesci danced to You Can't Touch This with the same verve as him playing the character in The Irishman. Like, <laughs> like he throws himself into it. I'm sure. just like, bravo, good sir. <laughs> no days off for you.
0: I missed that one, and what was the other one that came out around the same time?
1: Oh boy, like a comedy? I feel like there was another no, there Pesci. I've seen the public eye. I've seen, seen the
0: public eye. Okay. I've seen my, my cousin, cousin Vinny. I've seen Jimmy Hollywood. Okay, I thought there was another with Pesci. Honors i've seen with honors don't you worry
1: Um, i've seen
0: with honors too many times
1: it's on the dvd with the super is it really
0: yeah nice have you ever seen it yeah
1: a long time ago yeah
0: it's ridiculous i
1: just remember i remember (laughs) 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 i like that song yeah i remember didn't he like eat a chicken with his hands or something uh
0: maybe yeah i don't know
1: he's he's homeless at harvard yeah he's in class and he's just like point of order good sir (laughs)
0: there's two oscar winners in that movie
1: dropped my street knowledge <laughs> and um, people's
0: sexiest man alive is in that movie
1: yeah it's just dripping with yeah quality yeah yeah, yeah. um and then i watched uh, a couple of newer movies okay i watched flora and son okay because i had apple tv plus for one month i watched the michael j fox documentary which was decent and I watch Flora and Son. And I usually like John Carney movies. Yeah. Um, but this one's a little weird. <coughs> and the formula's getting a little old. <laughs> because, and I was joking with you about this over text. It's annoying that everybody's good at music very <laughs> fast in John Carney movies. And the movie is weird because it starts out like fish tank. But like with Eve Hewson... Houston, i think sure it's bono's daughter right she's the lead eve, um, bono. eve bono but she's like very sexual and like she wants to learn how to play guitar so she can fuck guys yeah like that's what she that's says. why i
0: learned how to play guitar
1: <laughs> so she says which is and i don't mean to be like like Anybody could be anybody in a movie. But <laughs> right. just to see like really attractive woman being like, I want to learn to like guitar in bars <laughs> so I can fuck guys I'm just like, You darling, you don't have to learn how to play guitar. <laughs> So but like she's very sexual. Okay. So like that was something that was kinda of interesting because the movies got like sort of the vibe of like full house. But she's like Talking about like blowing guys and <laughs> cum dripping down her, oh my God. and it's like this is very Cut dirty. Cut it out. This is very dirty. Um, and then she takes online guitar lessons from Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and he lives in the United States, like in uh, Topanga Canyon, and like he's teaching her how to play guitar. And like for the first two sessions, it's just her basically like making passes at him, and he's just like, "Are you even serious about this?" And she's just like, "I am. I am." So then they finally like start kind of having those lessons but it's like 10 minutes of lesson and like 50 the impression you get is like 50 minutes of them kind of like flirting okay so like the whole movie i'm just like and they keep teeing up like we should meet and i'm just like yes the end of this movie is they fuck (laughs) right like this is what and I dare John Carney to have that thesis for a movie where it's just like music is great and music can unite us and music is wonderful. And it's a creative process to help help us learn and grow. It's like but it's also a tool for sex. <laughs> like if that was the thesis of this movie, then I would be like, top ten list. <laughs> but this one it's just like she's got like a son, and then she finds out he's I, kind of title. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like you find out he's kind of like a rapper and then like Her ex was like once in a band and he used to play bass and stuff. And then at the end of the movie, it's like the three of those guys and then like Joseph Gordon-Levitt over Zoom are like a band and they're at like this open mic and everybody's just like, yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck are we doing? This movie's about (laughs) her banging her guitar teacher. Like that's what this movie should be about. Right. Just so annoying. Mm. And I hate. All right. This is not going to endear me to people. Okay, I'm excited. I don't like in movies where they're always like... Like, somebody's just kind of at bottom, right? <clears throat> yep. It's like, they're destitute. Yeah. And then they're just like, if I learn how to do this rap, then everything changes. And right. it's just like, maybe it's not worth the effort.
0: <laughs> maybe
1: don't change. Because, <laughs> like, when you hear this little fucker rap, I'm just like, you should just go to Juvie. <laughs>
0: I heard a theory about Sing Street.
1: Yeah, I like Sing Street.
0: I do too. Yeah. I heard a theory. <clears throat> excuse me, everyone. I'm still not sick, but having a hard time talking. Yeah. Um. That they're not actually as good as the movie presents them. Yeah. That that's like
1: their projection.
0: Yes. That that's what they think they sound like in their minds.
1: I think that makes sense. in Okay. That movie. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I just I, I like that Eve Houston just is like cursing like a sailor. he's sure. a real potty mouth. Alright. I it's, like that. It's very attractive. I don't know. I like it. I'll watch it. It's okay. I have Apple TV. It's okay.
0: I have Apple TV in ninety minutes.
1: It's alright. <laughs> it's um, alright. Then I watched What Happens Later. Uh, the Meg oh, Ryan, Right. David DeCubney romantic comedy of sorts. <laughs> um I really liked it. I was surprised by what it is because even at the end of the movie, it says for Nora, so it's clearly Meg Ryan's tribute to Nora Ephron. But this is, like, not a movie that Nora Ephron ever would have written because it's very much more like a John Patrick Shanley quirk fest. Okay, okay. But not in a bad way. It's, like, really bizarre because it ta- it's... um, They're in this regional airport. They get snowed in, so they can't um take their connecting flights yet and everything like that. But then... Everybody else over time, it's like a reverse stop making sense where like people (laughs) like fall off the stage, okay, and it just becomes the two of them, and it almost feels (laughs) like this weird like Carnival of Souls Twilight Zone thing where it's like the PA announcer is like giving them advice or like talking to them. The board with the arrivals departure stuff is like giving them coded messages and stuff. It's very, it's based on a play, which makes total okay, sense because yeah. there's a lot of like them talking to the heavens and stuff. There's like a few of those like little monologues that they have. But it's really interesting because Meg Ryan and David Duchovny, like especially Meg Ryan, has not lost a step. Okay, all. nice. She's just like really charismatic and is great and um it has like i i haven't i can't think of many movies that have this where it's like you know how sometimes when you're like in an airport especially if you're by yourself at an airport it takes on this like level of importance that it really doesn't anymore where you just kind of like start thinking about your life a lot
0: i don't know if this has ever happened (laughs) okay
1: this has happened to me a lot especially like on work trips where i'm just like what am i doing (laughs) like it happens like all the time
0: why do i keep learning to rap (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) Maybe we should read my Um It's a song in Florence. I keep listening to it all the time. This will oh, probably nice. make my top 10 list. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> I, um, so, yeah, it's kind of like them trying, and, and also their exes. So, like, they haven't seen each other in like 25 years. And it makes you kind of play act in your head. It's like, what if I bumped into one of my exes in the airport? And the funny thing is, when I was thinking that, I was just like, oh, I wouldn't want to talk to them right like because i would just have no interest in right. what they have to say right but in this movie like i don't know There, it's just it's good and meg ryan's kind of playing like a type that she's not usually playing she's playing kind of like a manic pixie dream girl as earth lady you know what i mean okay she's got like a rain stick she's very like yellow-y. oh got it okay. yeah so she it's just weird <clears throat> um I wondered if the movie would be better if it was Tom Hanks and her.
0: Mm, I mean, any movie would be.
1: Because it definitely is commenting on, like, what if Happily Ever After doesn't last. Okay. Um, And it might be interesting kind of seeing them do that. But Duchovny's so good in it, I wouldn't want to, like, lose his performance.
0: What is... I mean, maybe I haven't seen a lot of Duchovny in the last 23 years. I feel like Return to Me was the last time I saw him be great in a movie.
1: I mean, I like him a lot in Evolution, I guess, which was the same year. About the same, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't keep up with him on TV. Not really, neither.
0: I didn't watch uh...
1: California Case. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I watched The Glimmer Man, <laughs> which is a very uneasy blend of <laughs> Stephen Seagal being in seven. And Steven Seagal and Keenan Ivory Wayans being in the last Boy Scout. Um, although it's just consistently entertaining. It yeah. was better than I remembered it being. Like, okay. I would put it over like On Deadly Ground and Under Siege 2. Uh, yeah. I don't really like Under Siege 2 that much. I don't
0: totally either. And I know we're like kind of supposed to yeah. because the internet says we should because yeah. it's on a train and Eric Bogosian is in it. But yeah, I don't. It's not my favorite. Yeah,
1: you know, and there's yeah, it's so weird because it's just like it's like the Family Man killings, and like people are getting crucified on walls, and then the next scene he's just like, put a little powdered deer penis <laughs> under your tongue and it'll clear up your allergies, and then like an Asian woman in a store is like talking to Keenan Ivory Wayans, and he's like, don't you know I'm black? And I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> um, like Brian Cox is playing Colonel Sanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, remember that. And I watched Wicker Park. I was planning on watching it next year for its 20th anniversary, but I just could not wait because I saw it was on MGM HD Plus Drive-In. That's a channel. MGM drive Too HD many words.
0: Too many words. Is anyone else aware of Wicker Park's 20th anniversary? No. Okay.
1: I mean, even think Josh Hartnett is. No. I love Wicker Park.
0: I saw it once yeah. and have zero memory of it.
1: It's such a... Uh, A movie that just does not exist anymore because it's a romantic drama. Right. And it's like a mystery, kind of a thriller, and it's got this, like, polygon of, like, hot people. It's like (laughs) Josh Hartnett, Matthew Lillard are friends.
0: I do not remember Lillard being in it.
1: Uh, He's, like, the other guy that, like, gets hosed by the... He gets cucked by, like, everyone. What? Basically. Um, but Conk he Lillard. works at a shoe at a shoe store called Lady Dragon Shoes. <laughs> and it's, like, something that would only exist on, like, the WB. And he's, like, wearing, like, a faux Asian shirt with, like, a blazer. And it's just, like, I think we have a size eight and a half back there. And then he just goes in the back and Hartnett's, like, just, like, can we talk about my relationship problems? And it's just so good. It's like a catnip for me. Um, but it's, like, those two... Uh, you got Rose Byrne as, like, the crazy lady. Yeah, Jessica Paré is, like, the fiancé of Josh Hartnett that he kind of kicks to the curb because he falls for Diane Kruger. Oh. It's a good-ass movie. This is, I remember watching it back then, and I was just like, this is what my 20s will be like. <laughs> I'm just like, romantic <laughs> mysteries in Chicago and uh but it it was shot in canada right yeah but i think some of it was shot like some of the exteriors maybe were chicago okay but uh yeah it was uh
0: it
1: was a good rewatch
0: (laughs) rose byrne floundered for years until people figured out she was funny yes and what was the was it get him to the greek
1: that was the one that kind of unlocked where people were like, "Oh, side. wait a second, yeah, yeah.
0: okay." And then bridesmaids—it was sort of the one-two neighbors, punch. Too. Oh, neighbors, she's really funny. She's, she's so funny. In she's neighbors. maybe the funniest of everybody in yeah. neighbors. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And then I wanted to ask you, yeah, because you talked with Anthony last week about Priscilla, right? And I saw Priscilla, and yes. I like Priscilla, but yes. you like loved Priscilla. I did. So, like, could you tell me more about, like, what it was in it that you loved? And I'm not saying it because it's, like, teach me how to love this movie. No, not I just, at all. I just wanted to hear more, like, when you were...
0: I mean, so much of it was just the vibe. It was yeah. just... It put me in the Sofia Coppola vibes. Just the opening shot of the feet on the carpet, I just yeah. was immediately, like... Oh, I know exactly like the weird tactile thing that she's going for. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, if you want to read all the way into it about this little girl learning to walk and like, you know, she's so young and inexperienced and she's going to be forced into a relationship with Elvis Presley. Um, I thought it had a lot of interesting things to say about femininity and celebrity and a weird celebrity arranged marriage and yeah. womanhood. And, uh, I just thought it was like so much of what Sophia Coppola was working out in Lawson in translation in Marie Antoinette. Mm. Um, there was a third one, but I don't sort of somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's better than any of those three movies. I'm just saying it's, she's exploring a lot of the same, ideas as she was in those movies. And that's why I like to see it as a continuation applied to a real life, larger than life person like Elvis Presley.
1: One thing that surprised me, and this is going to make me sound like real film douche. So I apologize. Um, I'll make a whole like 90 minute YouTube video about it.
0: Episode 700. We're going full film douche.
1: Full film douche. (laughs) Um, I remember hearing the phrase, the Madonna horror complex in, like, relation to movies like Raging Bull and stuff like that. And that was something that I did not expect out of Priscilla, and that's clearly this, where he's just, like, treating her like this porcelain doll. And, like, the moment she wants to, like, have sex with him, it's just like, no, you're breaking this illusion. The Anne Margarets of the world are for sex, and, like, you're for pristine perfection and things like that.
0: And the two times that they do, that they are shown to be sexual with one another yeah. once is when he's like taking dirty pictures of her yeah. where she has to dress up a certain way and mm-hmm. fulfill a certain fantasy. And the other is when he's all fucked up and drunk and he's like forcing himself on her. Yeah. Um, so he obviously has very specific and weird ideas about what sex is. And yeah, yeah she's not for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know any of that cause I never read her book. So I didn't know that like he refused yeah. to have sex with her.
1: Yeah, I didn't either. I mean, yeah. And I, the two lead performances are so good. Yes, they also. are. And, yeah. I mean, that's not a surprise, because Sophia was <coughs> just, like, great at getting great yeah. performances out of her actors.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I, I really I liked it a lot.
1: Yeah. It'll be, like, just under Flora and sun, wherever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, there's not as many songs you can listen to over and over again. No. Although, good use of Dolly Parton.
1: This is true. Yeah. I don't know. That song's always going to be owned by Whitney. (laughs)
0: Um, Anything else, or is that it? No, that's it. Okay. What do I got? Uh, So the other day, Erica and I went to the Music Box to see the premiere, the Midwest premiere of a documentary called Subject, Mm -hmm. which is about people who have been in documentaries and how that has affected their lives. Mm. Um, so Erica really wanted to see it, A, because she loves documentaries, and B, because one of the participants is Arthur Agee from Hoop Dreams. He was going to be there. I don't remember people's names, so I will apologize. One of the participants was um, from Capturing the Freedmen's. One was from The Staircase. One was from Minding the Gap. Um, the
1: Wolfpack one?
0: One was from The Wolfpack. Okay. One was from The Square. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting movie. I don't know that it like a hundred percent works as a documentary. I think it gets better as it goes along, but it's so early in what it's addressing. I almost feel like it's kind of first out of the gate to be asking a lot of the ethical questions that it's asking that I feel like somebody who sees the square and can refine the square (laughs) subject Mm -hmm. and can refine some of its ideas Can make a better documentary about this same subject okay Um, but I I mean it's super interesting especially if you like documentary film yeah Um, but it doesn't get into uh, the the guy moderating the panel was a guy from a Netflix reality dating show Mm -hmm. and doesn't really touch on any of that like the sort of more sensational side of quote-unquote documentaries or you know reality TV or anything Um, so we'll see where it goes, but I thought it was interesting. Cool. Uh, Um, I saw the killer on Mm. Netflix.
1: Looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. It definitely Mm -hmm. like, I don't always love Fincher movies on first viewing. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a few that I did, but I remember like gone Girl specifically. I was like, Oh, there's stuff in that movie that doesn't sit right with me. The further away I get from gone girl, the more I like gone
1: girl. I haven't seen it since I saw it, okay. but like the blank check episode made me want to watch it really badly. Yeah, again.
0: yeah. Um, I revisited it a couple years ago and was like, "Oh, this is way better than I remember." Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that happens with the killer. I, I I really liked Rob's review. I think, you know, the movie is trying to be funny in terms of like it presents this guy who thinks he's. Alan and Renee and the samurai, but he's not, he's kind of a fuck up and mm-hmm. like, but he has this routine that he doesn't follow at all. Um, and, and Rob pointed out and something that I saw in the movie is that it is sort of a self reflexive, uh, joke about David Fincher himself and his sort of exacting methods. Yeah. You know, he's, I could see why he was drawn to the material. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to watch it again, but I want to wait a little while. Okay. So we'll see. I don't. I don't think it'll be like on my list. And unfortunately, we're at that time of year. That's
1: all that matters.
0: I know it sucks because everything I watch now, I'm like, will this make my list?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know that the killer will, mm-hmm. but like, it might be a movie that five years from now, I'm like, why the fuck wasn't that on my list? It'll yeah. be one of those situations, yeah. like Zodiac,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which wasn't on my list in 2007 because I am a stupid.
1: I had it as. I think my number two that year yeah you were right i had juno at number one interesting I'm sure that, that would not stand
0: you know that's directed by um jason reitman he of ghostbusters frozen empire fame
1: uh he of you're a meanie eric roberts, roberts. <laughs> i just like too bad you're so mean i haven't I I always was under the impression that Eric Roberts was himself kind of a bastard, but maybe he's not. Maybe, I have no idea. Maybe he was—he's a nice guy. But I just thought it was so funny that, like, you know, method actor, tough guy Eric right, Roberts right, right. is just kind of like
0: you're mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that about Jason Reitman, but yeah. I mean, it's certainly I've, possible. I've heard that a lot. Really.
1: Yeah, I've heard that a lot, and then there's, like, a clip that went around where he's, him and, like, Rain Wilson are just, like, shouting at each other during, like, a clip from Juno, but Rain Wilson comes across pretty poorly. Oh. Also. But he's basic, they're he basically, they're basically just to say, say
0: homeskill it, and they're like, <laughs> we're not calling cut to you, you say homeskill
1: it. Like, Jason Reitman's, like, critiquing him about, like, how he's holding out bags, and then Rain Wilson's just, like, he's just like, fuck you, Jason, and then he's just, like, in, he's, like, in, um, uh, Elliot, and Thoroughby are doing their job, it's like that. It's like, oh
0: my gosh, it's a little rough, it's a little rough, yeah. Um, I rewatched Silverado because that's on Netflix. That movie fucking rules. It's good. It's so good. Yeah. Um,
1: my more... favorite little bit of trivia about that was Amanda Wiss at Flashback one year when we were talking to her. I remember this, and she said that they had like a text chain <laughs> that was still going to this day because they they had more fun on that movie than they had like ever working on a movie wow yeah
0: so cool Um, Kevin Costner is uh, so much fun in that movie I love how many westerns he's made and he's playing such. I was comparing it in my head to like Look at him all young and brash and crazy Mm -hmm. in this movie versus, like, open range where he's, like, so glum and solemn. And they both work. I'm not saying one is better. (laughs) I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I love that he's played all these different kinds of characters inside of the Western genre. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um yeah, if you have Netflix and you've never seen Silverado, it's unbelievable. The cast is insane. Mm-hmm. Kevin Klein rules. Brian Denny fucking rules in that movie. Lawrence mm-hmm. Kasdan had a run, man. Uh, yeah. I'm not a big, big chill guy.
1: I was surprised how much I liked it when I watched it with Jan and yeah. Rob for reserve seating. Um, and as you
0: and I talked about on text, I don't love Grand Canyon.
1: Mm-hmm. Wyatt Earp's good. Wyatt Earp's super good. Mumford? God, I love Mumford. Mumford was fun. Mumford rules... What else was like Kassadin's big ones?
0: Uh, body heat.
1: That's really good.
0: Uh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, hold on, I'm it's looking like it up. Like the
1: sweatiest movie until a time to kill.
0: <laughs> I don't like a time to kill, even though it's Schumacher. I know. Sure. I you know.
1: I, I'm not gonna stump for a time to kill. <laughs> it has a great trailer. I remember. Does that. it? I don't even remember yeah, that. Yeah, because it ends with he's
0: like, "Yes, they deserve to die. I hope I hope they burn in hell." hell. Uh, I Love You to Death, eh.
1: Yeah, it's okay. French watch. Kiss,
0: eh. I haven't seen it. Accidental Tourist, I love. I haven't
1: seen it. Great, watch the...
0: great Pullman.
1: Pullman's in Accidental Tourist? Yeah, baby. Okay. Is he, like, the other guy in one of the situations?
0: He's William Hurt's, like, agent. No, Okay. I almost wish... Uh, William Hurt is very good in the movie, but I kind of wish, like, Kasdan was working with Kevin Klein again. mm because I have a little bit of a William Hurt allergy even before we found out the stuff about him. Like, I'm yeah. not a big William Hurt guy. Mm-hmm. Um, When I was very little, I always confused him with Jeff Bridges. They were interchangeable to me. Yeah. And now I love Jeff Bridges, and I'm not super hot on William Hurt.
1: I had a weird thing with William <laughs> Hurt because, like, when I first started paying attention to movies, especially grown up movies, I was like five. And it was almost always, like, what's in the newspaper? What are Siskel yeah. and Eber talking about? What do my grandpa and my uncles talk about? And they were always saying, like, William Hurt, William Hurt, William Hurt, and, like, Joe Mantegna were, like, the two guys. They're just, like, they're the best actors ever. And then, like, later I was just like, have you heard of Robert De Niro? <laughs> I heard he's good. They're like, he's no Mantegna.
0: And Montaigne's a guy that as a kid, I was just like, oh, there's that guy. And now yeah. as an adult, when Montaigne shows up in anything, I'm like, fucking A, Joe Montaigne's here. Yeah. Like, Godfather 3, he steals that movie. Yeah. Him and Andy Garcia. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, speaking of Andy Garcia, but he's not in the next movie I'm talking about. Uh, I, I've been on a thriller run, nice. as you know. Yeah. Primarily 90s thrillers. So I've watched Jennifer Eight, and I've watched The Getaway, and the other day I watched Sea of Love again, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. Pacino, though, like, so tired in that movie. What's going on? He had been off for, like, eight years. Why is he so fucking tired in that movie? Oh, my God. I wouldn't
1: trade Pacino for anything in that movie. <laughs> he has, like, the weird, like, shower curtain with ducks or something yes. on it. But I, I remember when I watched that for the first time, it was for reserve seating with Rob. Yeah. And we were like, they should have had, like, an ABC series called Gimmick Cop. And it's just him and, like, John Goodman being, like, blind dating sting. <laughs> or it's just, like, Yankees brunch sting. And I'm just like, I don't even care about, like, the Lonely Hearts thing. Like, I want to see Gimmick Cop. Have you ever seen The Big Easy? Uh, I've tried. Okay. I, I can't get... I need to just sit with it. But, like, I remember at the... Beginning, it's very like Creole. Oh, yeah. Like Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Quaid is big. Oh, I, wow. i, I didn't get the Big Easy here. Yeah, I didn't get to barking yet. So, like,
0: I'm, oh, well, uh, yeah. that is going to make it worth it. But yeah. um, can I spoil something about the Big Easy? Yeah, John Goodman is one of the bad guys in the Big Easy. Okay. The, the bad guys? All of Sea of Love. Go,
1: double ghost face? I'm like,
0: Goodman's the bad guy in this, right? Goodman's the killer. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just a partner. Yeah. He's great. Good stuff. He's likable, jolly John Goodman.
1: Harold Becker, don't miss until <laughs> Harold misses.
0: Becker, except for domestic disturbance.
1: That's not a miss.
0: I'm kidding. I just wanted to bring it up again. The movie I was going to talk about is called Blink, uh, directed by Michael Apted from 1993, starring Aidan Quinn. It's in
1: Chicago, right? It's in
0: Chicago, all right. And Madeline Stowe, mm-hmm. who it turns out I'm a big fan of yep. in recent years. I was watching Tony Scott's Revenge and being like, "Wait a second, do I love Madeline Stowe?" And I guess I do.
1: I do think it's funny that like she's hooking up with Kevin Costner in Revenge and like in real life she's married to Brian Ben.
0: <laughs> Who should have played the lead in revenge. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cause Brian Ben Ben totally looks like if you took like Costner out of the microwave thirty seconds. Before it was done. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, Although, Ben-Ben does kick ass in I Come in Peace. Sure. He's he's great in that movie. Um, Blink would make a great pairing with Jennifer Eight. Okay. I'm doing it. I haven't seen either of them. They're both blind people movies. Oh. Uh, The premise of Blink is that Madeline Stowe is a blind musician playing for the Drovers, Mm -hmm. who I got way into in the 90s because of this movie. Okay. Uh, And now I probably can't stand, but... uh, Jennifer. She gets her sight back thanks to a revolutionary new surgery, mm-hmm. but her eyes have, like, weird echoes. You know, it's every movie you've ever seen where somebody gets a transplant. She can only see murder. She, <laughs> she only sees murder. Yeah. Um, Aiden Quinn is a cop. Mm. who's probably way too intense because Aiden Quinn.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and they sort of start falling in love, and it's a thriller, and it's in Chicago, and the music mm. is good, and Madeline Stowe is in it, and I was just in heaven.
1: Yeah, doing that double feature for yeah. sure. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: You will not be upset that you did. Good. Episode 700. Yes. We're talking about Meet Joe Black. Yes. On its 25th anniversary, just two days late of its 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. What's your experience with Meet Joe Black?
1: Oh, man, I want to start with your experience with Meet Joe Black. <laughs> I'll go quick, because mine's not as... <laughs>
0: mine's not that mine's interesting not, either.
1: Mine's not lore. <laughs> but yours, I remember you telling me and being yeah. like, "It stuck with me for yeah. all these years, so I want to hear it again. Um, <clears throat> I did not see it in theaters or... I don't think on video either. I don't, interesting. Know, I don't know when I saw Meet Joe Black for the first time. But I do remember seeing it maybe a year or two later after it was released and not understanding people being so down on it. Cause I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was like a great movie, but I really liked it. I've thought fondly of it for, you know, 20 something years. Um, and this was only my second viewing of it. And I was looking forward to it for a long time of like, you know, watching it again. And, um, yeah, I, it's indulgent. I mean it's really long. Yeah. It's three hours on the dot. Yeah. Which makes me wonder if Martin Brest had a contract where he's just like, it's three hours on the dot or they're <laughs> just like you can't go a second over three hours and he's just like, Oh, I'll get right to the line. I
0: think he had just final cut. Yeah. So it could have been three ten if he wanted. Yeah. Could have been some more peanut butter. Right. But he was like, No no no, I got the right amount of peanut butter. <laughs>
1: Not, yeah. no, I don't think them, no. <laughs> there's like what three peanut bar scenes.
0: Uh, well, rule of threes, yeah. Rule of threes. <laughs> so.
1: Um, I don't think the first hour is as good as the second and the third hours.
0: Interesting.
1: Um, so when I was watching it, I was just like, uh oh, do I still like this as yeah. much? Yeah, but then I think the second hour, um, gets better. I can't remember kind of like where the cutoff was sure. really with it. Um, with with the second act but i think like the third act has like this weird like godfather structure of like the beginning of the godfather
0: third act are we talking like when we get to the party
1: yeah all the stuff in the party so
0: that's the last 45 minutes i checked oh my, is it i my, thought it was like a whole hour i checked my display okay. we get to yeah. the party at two fifteen.
1: okay yeah pretty much because it's like a lot of it is just like people coming to anthony hopkins right a, like a in a bo- in a board room, and then, um, like him having like all these kind of one-off conversations and there's like a large party sort of as this tapestry like setting and things like that. So, um, and then, but by the end of it, I mean like I really kind of get, um, kind of like a, a, grin on my face watching this movie like towards the end because I think it's equal parts works on me on an emotional level where like it's gives me a lump in my throat and yes. I think it, like really works. And it's also very silly, and, like, some of the implications of what's going on, particularly of the last, like, two minutes. Yeah. I'm just like, Earth has ruptured, (laughs) and, like, this could mean so many different things, and is this happening? Does she know this? Like, what is going on? And I could unpack that for a year. Yeah. So, like, but it almost doesn't matter, because... Like, and we'll, we'll get to this, but one thing I, I, I want to point out here is, like, I wrote in the final scene with, like, Hopkins and Forlani talking to each other. Yeah. And, like, you kind of are focused on the dialogue and the performances are really good, but then you kind of start to to register that, like, what a wonderful world is playing in mm-hmm. the background. And I, I wrote down, whatever doesn't work in this movie, it's worth it just to have a movie that holds this scene in it. Oh, nice. And I just think it's such a beautiful, like classic it feels like something out of like a turner classic movie that you would watch from like the 1940s
0: what's amazing i think about that whole last sequence is that it is a series of conversations a series of understandings a series of goodbyes and yet no one says any of that yeah no one says goodbye no one says i know what's happening finally yeah um it's all about what they don't say and what's implied and what they do say. And mm-hmm. I just think it's like a masterclass of acting, yeah. especially from Anthony Hopkins, who I think is like,
1: yeah, he's the MVP of the this
0: movie. might be my favorite thing he's ever done. I mean, I love Hannibal yeah. Lecter, obviously, but like, he's not in the movie that much. I just like what he does in this movie is like a miracle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The movie is definitely a- <laughs> he's on screen. But that's, I think also just because the character is the most interesting. Yes. Of all the characters yeah, in the movie.
0: For so, sure. Mm hmm. Um. So I've written about this movie before, um, and I've apologized for liking it for like 25 years. Yeah. Um. I went to see it. You know, this was one of the movies that was showing the trailer for *Phantom Menace*, mm-hmm. so people were going to see it for that reason. It kind of got an inflated box office as a result. I didn't go see it for that. Um. I chose the. Oh no! I did go see the trailers, but. Whatever. I was with a friend who worked at the theater. Yeah. We went to watch the trailers for Micho Black, and then we left and saw I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. Then about a week later, it was like a Thursday afternoon at 4, I went to see Micho Black. It was me and two women in a theater. I sat down with low expectations. There was not that much about the movie that interested me. Um, but it was a new movie, and I wanted to go to the movies. So I settled in for three hours, and... I think by the time we get to the party, I was already crying and just cried for the last 45 minutes, all yeah. the way through the closing credits, which was the first time I'd ever heard that sort of Hawaiian cover of uh, Wonderful about. World. Yeah, And now it's so overused and overplayed, and people sing it on American Idol, and it's in other movies. And But at that yeah. time, I was like, what a perfect way to end this movie. What a beautiful cover. Everything about it worked for me.
1: That song still gets to me because, um, it played, and I don't want to go into detail really on this, but it played at the wake of one of my friends who passed away. Okay. So, like, I only associate it with somebody passing on. Sure. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, having the Louis Armstrong version play of it works in a very specific way, and then kind of having, like, the the, the, whole, I. so sorry. I can't remember his name. He's I can't a giant singer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, that is just, it works too. Yeah. But, um, Gut Punch.
0: Episode 700, I'm done apologizing for liking this movie. Good. I'm done. I'm glad. I think part of it was just who I was as a movie fan. I think mm-hmm. part of it was that I, you know, would always say, like, I see the flaws yeah. and I don't care. I see that it's too long. I see that it has eight different subplots. Mm hmm. But I'm past caring about all that shit. I love all of this movie, including the Brad Pitt performance, which was like the holdout for me.
1: Even Brad Pitt is hard on him. I know. His <laughs> performance in this movie, which I don't understand. I think it's a tricky character to like yeah. pick a pitch for. Yes. And I don't know if I think like he completely nails it. But he does what he does. What he's doing is interesting enough not to shit on it. Right. Yeah. I,
0: I get it. You know, yeah. this was at a time where he was still trying to figure himself out as an actor. And yeah. a lot of his leading man performances were less interesting than his supporting performances. Yeah. Um, but he does a lot of stuff that I really like in his eyes especially early on when he first shows up and he's like just death and he's not in love yet. And he's Mm -hmm. not like a little kid because yeah, the movie we were joking over text, like he knows what is going to be like a, a jailable offense according to the IRS but yeah. he doesn't know what peanut butter or sex is like, yeah. so what kind of death should sort of have an understanding of everything in theory. Right. But in this movie he does not. He's like a little kid who's experiencing all these things for the first time. Um, but I was just so appreciating something behind his eyes in his early scenes with Anthony Hopkins. Mm. Um, so I love this movie in 98. I tried to get Erica to go see it with me. We were just friends at the time. Mm. Uh, and I thought it was very romantic. And if we saw this movie together, maybe she would fall in love with me. And, uh, I've done there. Instead, Not she went Erica, to see it man. with her boyfriend. <laughs> 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 and I was hurt by that, uh, uh years l- uh, later. Um, question I, for you on this. Yes.
1: Did you ever like make a point of watching the movie with her to erase her experience of watching it with her boyfriend? No, I
0: should have done that. I've
1: done that. Before. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Did it work? Yeah, of course. Nice. Okay. You made good. I'm fucking risky. Okay. <laughs> what was the movie star wars attack of the clones (laughs) naturally (laughs) um
0: i was like putting out on twitter earlier this week that like this movie should have been a winner for best picture Mm. and it's in my sort of like half jokey way where i'm exaggerating for comedic effect but like no, I think this might be my favorite movie of 1998. That's
1: amazing, because, like, 98 has a lot of movies I know that are very special to you. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. Um, like but
1: something about Mary Pleasantville, yeah. the gold mine. Yeah. Like yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of Sight, Out of sight. is in there. Uh, yeah, there's tons of good shit in 98. Yeah. I don't know if they can hold a candle to Micho Black. Like, I was, awesome. I was really afraid watching it this time that the... I I avoid watching it too often. A, because it's so long. B, because I'm afraid the spell will be broken. Yeah. And if anything, I just felt more in love with the movie this time.
1: It's like me with Terrifier too. Exactly. (laughs) It's just meeting death in a different way. (laughs) That would be amazing if it's just like Anthony Hopkins and then Art the Clown is death and he's just like...
0: (laughs) Every scene in *Metro Black is the exact same, (laughs) except it's Art the Clown trying peanut butter... Claire Fromme, he just keeps talking to him, asking him questions. He does not respond.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jake Weber gets violently murdered. <laughs> <and that's... laughs> uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Um. So you had sent me this Paste article where the guy was, mm. you know, talking about the twenty-fifth anniversary of the movie. Yeah. And it's the kind of film writing that just kind of annoys the shit out of me because it's like, let's celebrate the 25th anniversary by calling this movie a piece of shit and spending most of the time reviewing the budget and the runtime, which I don't even think you have much ground to stand on anymore. In 98, three hours was a fucking thing. It was like, Oh my gosh, a three hour movie in 2023, like Marvel movies are three hours. Everything's fucking three hours now, you know, or two and a half or Terrifier two is two and a half hours, you know? Um, So to just keep going after the length, I find ridiculous. And then at the end he starts, you know, shooting for like logic holes, especially in the, the resolution of what happens with Brad Pitt. And it's like, Mm -hmm. to me that, yes, there are all kinds of questions you could ask about like, what has, where has he been the last few days and how does this all work out? But like, it's a romantic fantasy.
1: Yeah.
0: All the questions are, they turn to dust as soon as you say, well, it's a fantasy
1: Nope, I don't know. No, I mean, and I don't even categorize my questions as logicals I just am like fascinated by the implications. Sure, of sure, stuff. sure. So I do want to talk about them. Yeah, that's fine. A bit, but yeah. um, the thing I like, one of the things I like about this movie is like when I hear <clears> something is three hours, even if it doesn't deserve to be three hours, even if it's like Alexander, which is not good. No, I'm excited about that three hours. I would rather see a three hour bad Alexander than like. A two-hour bad Alexander, <laughs> because I know that if I'm seeing a movie that's three hours, it's like reading a book. It's like I'm going to sit down, I'm going to give this my full attention, right. and hopefully it will wash over me and cast a spell. And one thing that's nice about Meet Joe Black is that the plot is so straightforward, and it could be easily told in an hour and a half. In yeah. a programmer from TCM from the area that airs on TCM, and it was and right because it was, it was yeah. <laughs> Death a Holiday. Yeah, but. There's a reason why it's long, because one of the reasons, which I'm sure this guy in the paste article, which I sent to you but did not read, <laughs> you're better, says, or it doesn't say, is that neither of the two lead characters wants their time to expire, right? So they're stretching it out as right. much as possible, right? That's part of the movie. That's the theme. <laughs> right. That's like more time. That's what they both want, right? So, like, that's kind of sort of the emotional crux and undercurrent of the whole thing is just like I can't let this end. I don't want this to end. And I think that the way that the movie does deal with that subtextually and textually is just beautiful. Yes, yeah, Because it's like, what are you going to do with this time? And like, you know, when faced with, and you know, with Joe Black, it's like when faced with you know right and wrong which is interesting to consider for like death it's right. like does he have like a moral compass <laughs> uh, you know it's like he turns into you know a mortal person right like he wants he he wants these things that he shouldn't want and stuff like that he's doing these about faces he's kind of you know losing he's um I don't know, kind of giving up his role in this whole thing of what he wants it to do, where Anthony Hopkins is kind of like, bro, you got a job. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: and again, yeah. he, he gains sort of a moral compass yeah. throughout the movie. Um, so that by the end of the movie, even though he wants, <clears throat> excuse me, he wants so badly to take Claire Fulani with him, Yeah, he knows that he can't.
1: It's also interesting, too, because, you know, we think of, the figment or the characterization of death as like a malevolent force. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've heard the counterpoint that some people have where it's just like, we need to treat this as just death as a part of life. Right. And it's not something to like, I don't know, look at as solely negative. Right. But, um, I just think that it's interesting that in this movie, it's sort of like using this character as, to personify that thesis where it's just like, you know, like once you come to terms with it, like it's not something to be afraid of. It's something to, um, not look forward to, but something to kind of like focus your attention. Sure. Like have you been living your life in the way that you want to be living it with the time that you have left? What are you going to do with it? To make the, you know, the things that you think are wrong, right? How do you want to leave your legacy? how do you want to leave your loved ones with thinking of you and stuff like that? Like, I think one of the things that's so beautiful also about it, aside from the Brad Pitt character and like what its thesis is on death, right. 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 Um, is I love that. And I hope I have the wherewithal to remember this when I'm dying, (laughs) which is a weird thing to say, but I hope to tell my loved ones, like, don't feel bad. Like just, like everything that I needed from our relationship we expressed to each other we got out of each other I cherished every moment of it um please don't live your life missing me Mm -hmm. and sad and stuff like that because like we did it all Mm -hmm. this is what we were supposed to do and like Hopkins saying that to Forlani is such like an act of kindness yeah and he says it without ever telling her that he's dying. Right, exactly. This which is, is the last
0: time we're going to talk.
1: Which is such an interesting tightrope to yep. walk. Yeah. And that's why, and the thing that's kind of weird about it is like, how much does she understand that? But I think mm-hmm. she does understand I think her. so too. Yeah.
0: I, it's, it's a weird thing because I've always had hangups and fears about death yeah. from the time I remember turning six or seven. Yeah. I was like, I'm a year closer to dying. And yeah. I'm really upset about that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and now I'm rewatching me black and I'm, I was a 21 year old man when I saw this movie and now I'm closer to Anthony Hopkins. Like yeah, you're 65. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I'm closer to that than I was, than I am to who I was when I saw this movie. Yeah. And I do find some comfort in this movie in terms of like my own feelings about passing on, you yeah. know? Um, It raises all kinds of issues and questions with me about, you know, I, there are people in my life that I have unresolved relationships with and some of them are in poor health right now and like could go soon and yet we haven't spoken and I'm like, ah, I got to do something about that. But, Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of like who I am and who I will be when I go, like this movie does offer me some comfort in in that you like you just said
1: yeah it's kind of like when um you hear stories about people who have like near death experiences or like have died but like came Come back, back right? and things like that not in flatliners but other <laughs> anecdotes
0: some lines shouldn't be crossed
1: <laughs> exactly but most of the time what you hear in anecdotes are like like i remember roger Ebert's, i think like was fading and then like he said something to Chaz Eber, basically where it's like i basically i saw the afterlife and it's like this great confluence of like your past and your presence and stuff like that it's like everybody that you've ever liked and loved is all together with you and stuff like that and like if that is what the afterlife is like awesome yeah right if it's not if it's just nothing awesome right I mean, like, because it's, it's just going to be what it is. It's dark, you know? right? And, like, exactly. It stops, but you won't have any <clears throat> idea of what's going on. That's the part
0: that I struggle with: is this idea yeah. of like not even knowing that I no longer exist.
1: Yeah,
0: I struggle with that. It's a you weird mean, thing. like
1: not even. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. If it's
0: just dark, if it's nothing, yeah, I don't even have the consciousness to know this is nothing, life is going on without me. Like, it's just, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. My hope is that the afterlife is just me Joe Black on a loop.
1: That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it, I, I bet um, like, you get to the gates and, like, God will be like, hey, Adam, I, I know you just want to go to the movies, so, like, he yeah, opens right? the gate up, and he's just right. like, we got this theater that only plays, like, 90s movies, but they play it in, like, the order that they were pl- coming out, and nice. I'm just like, fuck, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that means I have to wait nine years for deep blue sea but I'll take it I got nothing but time I'm like
1: god do you want to see uh heaven as a playground he's like it's a little (laughs) on the nose but I know it was he's like you didn't see that on Tubi and I'm just like I meant to um
0: the you know I won't keep bringing up this paste article but the thesis of the Paste article is so like what gives Martin Brest the right to spend this money, to use this amount of my time. It's like, A, don't watch the fucking movie.
1: Yeah, your time.
0: B, it's not your fucking money. Like, Universal gave him the right. They gave him Final Cut. This is like such a blank check movie. He
1: earned the movie.
0: Yes. He had three giant hits in a row. Right. Uh... And this was his first kind of bomb, and then he makes one more <laughs> shit, and then he makes he, one, he more, made one more. Sense. <laughs> he makes one more bomb after this, and then he checks out. That's yeah. it. He's done with Hollywood. Yeah, uh, and it makes me sad because um, I'm not a huge scent of a woman guy. It's
1: good, and I
0: def- I need to see it I definitely need to see it again. I,
1: I do think it's on on
0: the whole. It's a good movie. Okay, um, I will defend. Glee more than I will criticize Julie,
1: I like a lot of things in Julie, Yeah, if you remove the Bartha stuff, it's like, and you just focus he, he, he in on CeeLo. The and... thing is,
0: he wants to go to the Baywatch.
1: Yeah, and he did.
0: <laughs> in regarding Henry, does Harrison Ford like
1: mm-hmm. take me to the Baywatch? No, but I mean shot in me But you find out Ritz is Ritz Carlton, and that's where he was having an affair. With, oh with God, woman! Oh, yeah. But oh, it's okay because like. Even Stephen Annette Benning was having an affair with Bruce Altman. What is happening like, in this movie? <laughs> it's not good. It is not good. Um, also, Leguizamo is the one who shoots. Ford I'm going to shoot
0: you in the head, Henry.
1: His, his uh, alright, better or worse movie? If Carlito Brigante is, <laughs> is Anthony Hopkins, <laughs> he's just like time's up. <laughs>
0: Let me tell you, I'm sorry, Susan. <laughs> it's time for me to
1: go. <laughs> I guess I gotta sell my company.
0: <laughs> Parish Media. Yeah. Do you? Okay. So I actually did something that I rarely do, and I reread a thing that I wrote about this movie years ago.
1: What was it like? A movies I love type of article? Yeah. I got to read. That. Yeah.
0: It's okay. you don't need to, but um, I want to. <laughs> so. One of the things I talked about was like, is the movie not relatable because Anthony Hopkins is this billionaire? Mm. And I, I don't think that's the case. I mean, I think part of it was a strategic move because apparently I've never seen Death Takes a Holiday, but apparently the guy in that movie is, is royalty.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So the the closest proximity would be this media mogul, you know, uh, Robert or Bill Parrish. Mm-hmm. Um. But also, you know, if the idea of the movie is sort of like, death comes for us all,
1: mm-hmm.
0: even the very wealthy, uh, you know, you don't necessarily have a way of buying yourself out of it. Um, so even having all this money, I don't know, none of it bothers me. Because again, it's, it's like...
1: Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Either, it also right. gives
0: you an excuse to like, have a beautiful house to look at for yeah. the whole movie and like, amazing production design and like... Yes. I'm, I'm in for all of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, the opulence of it is, like, appealing <laughs> visually. Exactly. And also, I think it also works for two reasons. One is just because if you strip away the wealth aspect of it, it's just about legacy. Right. And <clears throat> aside from his family stuff, it's just right. kind of about, like, you know, making sure that your legacy stays intact and doesn't get, you know, gutted. Right. Um, And then also... One of the things that's, like, really important in the movie is that even though he's, a you know, maybe billionaire, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, 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 whatever. Like, he's a decent, yes. good man. Yes, And, like, maybe Brest is trying to say, like, you know, hey, there are good rich people. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's, like, informing any of it. But um, also, like, the whole reason why Joe Black uh, kind of chooses him to um you know have his holiday and stuff like that is because he's he lives life in a way that's appealing for a guy from another world (laughs) to want to try on sure so i mean it works i think subtextually and textually and stuff like that this is me if i was a film teacher i'd be like it works subtextually (laughs) and textually you dummies (laughs) Good for you. Yeah, A plus. Me.
0: <laughs> I started a uh, side tangent. Yeah. I started showing the class Full Metal Jacket today,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they were laughing so hard at a lot of like the army Arlie Ermiisms, and okay. like I just we stopped it before it got real dark because yeah. we ran out of time. But the whole time they're laughing, I'm just like, oh, just wait, you're gonna pay for that. <laughs> like,
1: I mean, some of it is funny, but like I don't understand. Like even when I saw it when I was really young, like younger than your students would have been. I mean, I got that it's, like, yeah, basic training sucks. Just
0: dehumanizing <laughs> and horrible, yeah. yeah.
1: And also, like, and maybe it's just because, you know, hey, it's the 80s, and, like, everybody's talking about Vietnam again. Right. But, like, I knew that that's where they were going. Right, exactly. There's no humor right. to be found there. Right. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Whatever. That might be, like, top three Kubrick for me, though.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I really... What are the other two?
0: I don't know. Barry Lyndon.
1: Yeah. That would be in my top three.
0: And another one. Maybe Eyes Wide Shut?
1: I think I would go Linden... Probably 2001 still. Okay. And then The Killing.
0: Killing's awesome. Yeah. Love The Killing. Love The Shining.
1: I really like Eyes Wide Shut. I really like Pales of Glory. Yeah, so good. Um, The only two... Like... And there's not anything wrong with them, but like the Shining and Clockwork Orange, I feel like I can't really go back to anymore.
0: Ah! I'm sorry. (laughs) Clockwork (laughs) Orange has never been my jam, really. Yeah. Uh, I do love the Shining, though. Mm
1: hmm.
0: Anyway. Yeah. Back to Meet
1: Joe Black. Meet Joseph Black. (laughs) Um, I I want to talk about one of my favorite topics. Okay. Claire (laughs) Filani. Jade Angelou. Jade Angelou. Herself. Um. I understand her career on the rise to get to a role, the lead female role in Meet Joe Black. Yes. I understand that trajectory. Okay. I don't understand why she didn't get more chances like this after Meet Joe Black because she's very good in this movie.
0: I agree, but I think you and I are somewhat in the minority.
1: Yeah, Maybe.
0: I'm not even like. But she
1: a, went to like boys and girls like in exactly. Like year. I know like she started weird. making yeah.
0: shit. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Um. I'm not the Forlani guy that you are.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But I think she's really good in this movie, and I think you get it when you're like. Oh, death is willing to forego his responsibility for a few days to hang around her.
1: No one has looked better in a gray t-shirt than <laughs> Claire Forlani in 1998.
0: I I will say, I mean, we can spend more time on Forlani, but like, to a person, yeah. I love the casting in this movie. I love Marsha Gay Harden. I think Jeffrey Tambor is like yeah, it sucks that he's such so a great character. Great, but he's so good in that movie. Yes, yeah. and he's like such a great character. Um,
1: and it's such a specific realistic type of person that yes. you don't see in movies very often where it's just like he's just a genuinely you know his decency outweighs his intellect right but he's exactly not, but he's not like you know special in quotes or anything <laughs> right. like that but like yeah it's just there's a lot of people like this yes So yeah. yes and I love when and I sent you a kind of as a joke like a picture but I love when he's crying and it's interesting because he's Brad Pitt is death, Right. And he's patting him on the head. Like, it's okay. It's okay. And I do also like, before I forget to say this, I do also like that it's not um, Brad Pitt just walking around New York being like, you're on one of my lists. <laughs> like, like, that movie. Uh, like, could his, last, done that, his yeah.
0: last confrontation with Jake Weber, if yeah. he's like, see you real soon, yeah. you know, <laughs> just like, get out of here with mm-hmm. that shit. He's not threatening to kill people. The only person yeah. that he really talks to about dying, besides. Anthony Hopkins is Jamaican lady Yeah, in a pair of scenes that are weird. They were weird in 1998.
1: They're <laughs> weird in 2023. Yeah, I could listen to it all day. <laughs> Brad Pitt's accent work, I mean, no, I can listen to it all day. But again, I
0: love the weirdness. I love yeah. that like Martin Breast was like, I'm going to put these scenes in the movie, and they're both going to speak in Jamaican accents, and cool. that's what it's going to be. And I'm like, yeah, I'm there for it. You're making choices, and you're following your heart, and... I was so excited that we are doing this movie because I was thinking about you know you respond so well to like sincerity in movies yeah. and this movie is so earnest and so sincere. I was like I couldn't be talking to anybody better about this
1: movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, Well, man, that's a lot to live up to. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. <laughs> thank God we, say we have some like, smart shit. <laughs> I was just say thank God we have like 30 minutes before <laughs> this. Now I just have to stay and on 699 party. shows. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean. It's, yeah, it, it it definitely is a movie I maybe like even more because it was bullied. Sure. I think sure. if it was, like, universally loved... Yes. ...I might not have the feeling like this is kind of somewhat my movie.
0: I wonder if that's my thing with Scent of a Woman. Maybe. But I, I genuinely haven't seen it in 30 years.
1: Yeah. The thing that I like about in and, um... With sensible woman, it's not so much with Micho Black, but with Sensible Woman definitely, is that Martin Brest and Al Pacino both know that the whole movie is just kind of like prologue to that big speech at the end. Sure. And the movie is so kind of formulaic in terms of like what that speech is and like everybody's clapping and stuff like I don't even remember if they were clapping but it's basically an audience cheer moment right 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 but it's so good and it's like (laughs) that's what professionals do yeah they like take the thing that you're tired of and they like reinvent it and knock it out of the park and make it feel fresh and make it feel exciting again right and I think that yeah I mean he coaxed like the best Chris O'Donnell performance
0: (laughs) well come on
1: Batman Forever Uh, The Bachelor okay I forgot about The Bachelor (laughs) I just bought that snap case yeah I did there's a four pack with The Bachelor on it where it's like mostly wedding comedies it's like that The In-Laws I think Monster-In-Law and like something else I can't do it because I don't think I like any of them but I I, I just want that crisp snap case yes on it's own hell yes we should do that for episode 800 (laughs) the bachelor yeah
0: didn't we already decide episode 800 i'm sure we did i think we did (laughs) i don't remember what it is but
1: you know who else was in this movie in Joe black who kind of had a moment but kind of didn't maintain the moment Mm. mr jake weber yeah he was a thing for like five years i like jake weber i do too um
0: i think in like dawn of the dead Mm-hmm. I think he's really, really good in that
1: movie. He's good in U571. <clears throat>
0: Which I've seen but don't remember. Yeah. He played uh, Patricia Arquette's husband for several years on the show Medium. Okay. Which I've seen like three oh, yeah, episodes right. of in right. hospital waiting rooms. Yeah. And I'm sure he was good on that show. I can't say for sure.
1: It seems like a good place to watch medium.
0: <laughs> it was the only place to yeah. watch medium. Let's face it.
1: That's like when I I could only watch According to Jim when I'm having oil changes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but like when you're there. I started
0: getting more oil changes yeah, though. I that's all like... you want. is just like,
1: <laughs> why the fuck are you not playing According to Jim? Oh, it's 2022. It's like, I have DVDs. Do you have a player? <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um Yeah. I forgot what I was gonna say about Micho Black, so I apologize. Um, words keep getting stuck in my throat, so I also apologize for that.
1: So one of the meme scenes in this movie
0: oh, right. is the The, the meme the, scene. The meme scene yeah. is the
1: car accident. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it because I just like this movie, but I I, I, I and I wonder if it's just death like being a puppeteer of like stop in the middle of the street. But like, it just it bothers me where sure. it's just like, why is he just stop in the middle of the street? Right. It doesn't really matter. But
0: it's no. again, it's a weird, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, the timing of it is weird. It's mm-hmm. a, like a jump scare. The fact that he gets hit, hit twice feels yeah. like particularly mean spirited, <laughs> but everything before that I love so much. I just was making this joke maybe last week or a couple weeks ago where I was talking about collateral and I was like, uh, I like this stuff with Jamie Foxx and Jada Pinkett so much mm-hmm. in the cab at the beginning that I almost don't want the movie where Tom Cruise shows up as a hitman. I'm like, no, 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 just stay with them in the cab and let them hit it off and find love together. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of Micho Black for me where it's like, oh, I like them so much in the coffee shop together. Yeah. I could watch a movie of just that. I don't need him to get hit by a car and be replaced by death
1: yeah i wish roger corman was the producer on this because he could have done like a tear the terror but like it's just like the coffee shop movie we've got Um,
0: the set but again that's that's where this movie totally hooks me is in that coffee shop scene and i was on board with it from then on yeah um and i do think you know i forget what the what the siskel rule is three great scenes and no bad ones it's not a siskel rule it's like a
1: yeah i don't john ford or howard hawks rule but
0: whatever um but i do think this movie has at least three great scenes and that coffee shop is one of them
1: i agree i disagree on the (laughs) john fordism of it all because i think if a movie has three great scenes and it has even two bad scenes it's still a good movie
0: no, I would agree with that. Yeah. I don't think a movie has to have no bad scenes in order yeah, to be good. No,
1: I mean like it's it's a gift if you get three yes, great scenes. T- absolutely, it's like w- more than enough to give a recommendation to that movie. Yeah, to, for sure. Just to see those scenes. Yeah, that's why I always find it funny. Like when I'm watching like old Cisco and Ebert reviews, they're just like they're like they're like this is expertly made and a lot of fun. But like, what does it add up to? And I'm just like, that's enough,
0: man. They were in a very different position because yeah. movies were so different then, yeah. and I think they could take things like jennifer ate for granted as so many of us did i see what you're saying yeah Yeah, yeah. and now we go back and we're like jesus look at how competent and great this is yeah compared to what we have now um i think it was easy for them to overlook things like Mm. competence and skill because it's like it needs to be great in order to elevate itself to warrant a recommendation Mm -hmm. and now we're just like no man even like a fucking programmer is great
1: totally I like, uh, you were talking about the coffee shop scene. Another food scene in this movie that I like a lot, and it's not what you think. It's not peanut butter? It's not peanut butter. It's the cake scene. Oh, yeah. I really like the cake scene. Yes. Because not only, well, it's just also a great Marcia Gay Harden scene, and she's very, very good in this movie, and I love her character because it's just like...
0: The second best She's the
1: second best loved daughter. Yeah. And it's like even more kind of... Poignant because she knows this yes. and like anthony hopkins not denying this at all yeah. and it's just like but that doesn't mean that i don't love you right and i like that you know he gives like he couldn't give two shits about the cakes he doesn't like cake he doesn't care what cake is at his party he's dying he doesn't care about right. any of this right, stuff. Right, right but he's just like i know this will mean something to her if i just eat one of the pieces of the cake and, like, he does that. And that's something that I just like about this family a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it's, you know, the extended family or just, like, the immediate family, is that they're. And I think we've spent so. And I'm not to to say, like, you know, we should treat the 1% much better. But, um, <laughs> That's my takeaway from this movie. We've been, a, we've been rich sold, people deserve our love and admiration. We've been sold a bill of goods that all rich people are terrible sure. and they don't love each other and right, stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. And I like right. that everybody is just kind of, like, super earnest and sincere and, like, emotional yeah. and, like, wear their emotions on their sleeves. That's one thing I like about this movie. It'll wear... It'll wears... It wears its emotions on its sleeves.
0: So much so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think people i'd object to the Thomas Newman score. It's good. I fucking love it.
1: And Emmanuel Lubeski's cinematography. Jesus, I, I love mean... that the movie ends in a fireworks display because it's just kind of like that was nice. <laughs> it's like let's have a fire. It's like going to a Chicago dog game. It's just like that's the little cherry on top of the sunday <laughs> sure.
0: Well, there's this idea again. I don't. All right, remind me to come back to Marsha Gay okay. uh. <clears throat> There's this idea put forth by people like the writer of Pace Magazine who say that, like, $90 million, why did they spend $90 million on a movie about people standing around in rooms talking to each other? Mm -hmm. To me, a lot of the money is on the screen because you have a first-rate cast and a first-rate crew. It looks gorgeous. It sounds great. Everybody in it is great. But there's this idea that, like, $90 million should buy dinosaurs. Like, if a movie's budget is high, it's because it needs a ton of special effects and it's like, well, no.
1: Yeah. Just sometimes, I mean, now this would be shot in a Best Buy parking lot in Atlanta with green screen. Exactly.
0: Like, there would be no real location.
1: But it's like, if you want to rent a manor, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> like, it's going to cost you money.
0: Yeah. Um And so, 90 million, I might be exaggerating. No, I, mean. I think it's. I think oh no, know, it was 90 million. Yeah.
1: They're shooting in very fancy locations yeah. and it's just yeah like you said you if you want top talent you pay top talent right. it's like a universal studio movie come on
0: if the movie is missing anything for me it's that the sort of resolution there's a light blinking in the corner there that i assume is death coming for us um oh, okay. if the movie's missing anything it's that the the sort of resolution of Anthony Hopkins and Marsha Gay Harden happens not off screen, but kind of in the distance. They're kind of talking to each other. We don't, we're not privy to exactly what their conversation is. Mm. And I do wish there was a scene where he ultimately their resolution is that cake scene.
1: Yeah. No, it, is the scene with them outside? Yeah. Later? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I always thought that that was like the good sure. Yeah. scene, kind of. Yeah. But he
0: still kind of is like, you know, you're number two, but that doesn't mean I don't love you. Yeah, well, he
1: <laughs> <on Brandaline. laughs> right.
0: So part of me, the romantic in me or whatever, who wants to have it all, wishes right. that there was a scene where he's like, you're not yeah. number two, it's just different. But I do love that, like, this movie acknowledges that, like, her specific way of showing love for her dad is to plan this party to make sure that everything mm-hmm. is great like it's so true to life that some people yeah. this is the way they communicate
1: mm-hmm.
0: how they feel you know uh, I guess what we would call a love language
1: yeah.
0: and her love language is, is trying to make this beautiful party for her father that she adores even though she knows he loves her sister more I totally agree Yeah, yeah I just I think it's even outside of the fantasy stuff, because we haven't even talked that much about like the character of death being in this movie. Yeah. Um, I think it's so smart about human nature and human behavior and the way relationships and the way that we interact. I think it has a lot to say about a lot of that stuff. And then it also has, you know, a subplot about like a corporate takeover that isn't maybe necessary, but again, speaks to what you were talking about with legacy um, and what you leave behind meaning something.
1: It's also interesting. I agree. Yeah, I mean, like, I... I, I don't think it's the most interesting part of the movie by any right. stretch. It's probably yeah. the least interesting if you yeah. kind of, like, stack those, the little subplots. But I think that it's very well done. And, yeah. like, Jake Weber <laughs> is great at being, like, this duplicitous <laughs> little shithead. And
0: and you get great lines, like, I don't like the way he talks to you, and I don't like the way he looks at you. And she says, well, I like the way he talks and looks at me.
1: Yeah. Oh, with Brad Pitt. Yeah. 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 And I love... Um, and that's
0: their goodbye to each other, basically. That's their breakup.
1: Yeah. And I, I just love also there's, I love like, <coughs> Hopkins really needing to reinforce to Furlani like don't settle, please. Like there's there. And I, this always takes me back to, um, so Gene Siskel passed away in February of 99. <coughs> this movie came out in November of 98. Probably knew that he was, he was not going to make it, um, at that point. Um, he when he reviewed this movie he was he he was obviously like super moved by it and one of the things that he was saying with there in there and I'm paraphrasing I don't know if I'm getting the wording right is basically just to like love vigorously like yeah. and that's the thing like whatever it is that you choose to love it's like just put all of yourself into it and that's something that I just like really it makes me sad you know obviously for a lot of reasons but like the fact that that resonated so much It just kind of proves that this movie knows what it's talking about.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Like, and I love that whole sentiment that Hopkins is sharing with Forlani where it's just like, you know, because... Does she talk to him about the guy, about meeting him and the, Joe Black, and or whatever his name was in real life, in the coffee shop before Joe Black shows up?
0: I don't think so. Okay. Because they have the conversation in the helicopter about lightning striking. Yeah. And then Brett Pitt says that line in the coffee shop. Yeah. But I don't think she then goes back to Hopkins and says, like, oh, I met this guy in a coffee shop okay. and he might be the one. Yeah.
1: Because
0: I think the next time they talk about him at all is when he just shows up at their house. Yeah. As death. Yeah. So, Cisco liked this movie? He
1: did. He liked it a lot. That's... Yeah, Ebert liked it, too.
0: Did he? I thought Ebert gave it, like, two stars.
1: No, Ebert didn't like it as much. I... Or, no, you're right. I think you're right. I think he did. You would, he would know
0: like better it. than me, honestly. I can't
1: remember. I okay. I, remember... I can't remember if it was, like, a two star or a three star. Okay. It, like it might
0: have been three. I'm looking it up.
1: Yeah.
0: Meet Joe Black. Roger Ebert gives three stars. I take okay. it back. There okay. Go.
1: Very good. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so... Hmm. <laughs> I'm looking through the oh weird bits of trivia. Yeah, of course. Uh so there's a two hour Alan Smithy cut. Did you read this? For airplanes, for or airplanes something? Yeah. and TV stuff yeah. and for TV networks, and that was just cutting out all of the business subplot, which is a mistake. Yep. Um I alright. Favorite line of the movie?
0: Do I have a favorite line?
1: I have a favorite
0: Shoot. line. Shoot. I have a lot of lines I really like. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I don't know. What's yours? Mine, mine is, uh, it's a great, like, just kind of, like, breath of fresh air towards the end of the movie when Hopkins says, don't blow smoke up my ass, you'll ruin my autopsy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good line. It's a very good line. Martin Brest is a good writer. Yeah. All right. You know I'm on record of loving this movie, but I do want to talk about some of the weird stuff in the last few minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to try to just, like, walk through the events and, like, my questions. Some (laughs) of them got answered, some of them don't get answered. So she sees Joe walking over that bridge Mm -hmm. into, you know, out of sight with Anthony Hopkins, For Lonnie does, and then he comes back but her dad doesn't so it's just like does she think that he killed Anthony Hopkins (laughs) when she finds out that her dad is dead she
0: already understands that Joe is death I think
1: I think that's another thing it's just like I don't always know what she knows
0: I think she understands who he is because they have that amazing scene again where they don't speak to he they don't say the words yeah but she, it. She realizes you're someone else, mm. um, and then she says, "You're." And then she doesn't say who he is. But um, my interpretation of the scene has always been that she does understand who he is. She knows that he he's come to take her dad. She knows that her dad is dying. Mm-hmm. She knows that this is goodbye. Like,
1: at what point does she know that? You think, like, at the party? she yeah. puts it together. Yes, okay. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then. <clears throat> Now, okay, coffee shop Joe Black is back. Comes back. Comes back. Yeah. Weird that their first date will probably be her father's <laughs> funeral.
0: I know, but I love when she says, I wish you could have met my dad. Mm. And he says, me too.
1: Yeah, and that's your indication that he's right. who he is. Right. right. Um. Okay. What if Joe Black is lying at the end? <laughs> okay, about what? Like... That he's not coffee shop. That he just walked over the bridge and came back, and he's just going to pretend. And then he lied to Anthony Hopkins.
0: Anthony Hopkins is just laying down in the grass. I Bill, just lay down for a second. I'm gonna walk back over the bridge and talk to your doctor.
1: No, I don't mean that. I mean he took him. Like, like Anthony, he's gone. He's dead. He's crossed over. He's just like no one's looking anymore. Nobody's gonna give me this moral stuff. And then he's just like, I can. He's like, I'm dead. I can pretend to be this guy. Yeah, you might
0: be onto something there.
1: Yeah, um, all right. So, when she kisses him, does he taste like death? <laughs> he tastes like peanut butter. When they're having sex, oh boy! If she were to get pregnant, right? What is that baby? That's a half-death baby, baby. Does death jizz?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I assume so because that's a really interesting sex scene because so much of it is focused on his experience and his body uh, yeah Yeah. uh, but most sex scenes throughout history have been focused on the female's body and the female experience of sex because that's hotter you know Mm -hmm. or whatever yeah but this one's really focused on brad pitt
1: yeah It'd be funny if he made, like, weird faces.
0: He should have. Yeah. Weird death faces. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He just gets, like, real... He's, like... He looks like Brad Pitt, but then at the last <laughs> second he looks like Brian Benton. <laughs> <laughs> like, right when he's about to finish, he's just like...
0: Stowe comes he, running. And she's just like,
1: what is that face he made? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh... We didn't talk about uh, the quote ads. The the quote, oh the yeah pull quotes yeah, from yeah. the newspaper. Gotta ads. talk about that. I gotta do that. It's the
0: seven hundredth episode. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's only what
0: mentioned. are we? What are we even talking about here? Is Micho Black streaming currently? I'm gonna look it up.
1: Yeah, it's on Stars.
0: Okay. So. For anybody who's listened this far, yeah, uh, you can watch it on Stars if you're somebody who has Stars. Mm-hmm. I do not. But I have this movie on Blu ray because I'm fancy. Oh, it's on Hulu, apparently.
1: Oh, is it? Okay. I have it on DVD.
0: Nice. I watched
1: uh, the 1999 DVD. Yes. And it has like the boop, boop, boop.
0: The lighter <laughs> that the kicks lighter, it off? Yeah. yeah, yeah, from out of sight.
1: Um, anyways. <laughs> I yeah, know exactly what you're you, talking that's when about. You know it was um, <laughs> okay. Tell me if you agree or do not agree with these. Guys. Okay. Okay. Two thumbs up. Agree. Yes, they do make them like they used to. Better, maybe. Meet Joe Black is rich, compelling, and utterly extraordinary. And an utterly extraordinary romance. Beautifully written, directed, and acted. Agree. Brad Pitt lights up the screen. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins has got to be one of the best actors ever. This movie will leave you with a lump in your throat.
0: Uh, I quote Morgan Freeman quoting Ernest Hemingway when I say <laughs> I agree with the second part. <laughs> Oh, I don't right. know if Brad Pitt lights up the screen. It's problematic. I like his performance, but you can feel his youth and inexperience in it. I think.
1: I think he lights up the screen, but that's just because Emmanuel Lebetsky brought the lights. On set.
0: He, his blonde highlights are a little much for me.
1: Yeah, it's not a great haircut. <laughs> I would. I mean, I would trade it for my bald head. But... <laughs> All right, uh, a rare blend of emotion and intelligence. Yeah. I was a surprise how it touched me.
0: <laughs> well, that's weird, but yeah, I agree with that. That was Roger Because I definitely had that experience. I, you know, it's one of these movies, and I have five or ten of these where I went in with low to no expectations and came mm-hmm. away just like loving that movie and feeling like I had this unique bond with the movie. That, that's uh, the best one that
1: happened. It really is. Yeah. It, I, it hasn't
0: happened in a long time for me. I'm
1: trying to think of the last time that happened. To me. <clears throat> Because even some of the stuff I've liked recently, like where it was like my number one or number two yeah. movie of the year, it's not like I had that right huge connection. No, with me either. Yeah. Um, all right, this film is sensational. You'll love it. A moving, emotion-filled experience.
0: It is filled with emotions.
1: A splendid, otherworldly romance, impressively mounted and directed by Martin Brest. There is no finer actor than Anthony than,
0: Jake. Weber. than um, Jake Weber. Um, yeah, I agree with most of that
1: a beautiful love story with a great cast brad pitt is outstanding
0: agree with most of it
1: (laughs) michael black (laughs) is what great movies are all about the movie is incredible anthony hopkins is magnificent he is beyond spellbinding the cast is perfect i didn't want it to end yeah so you are larry king i'm
0: of course (laughs) i'm larry king okay i didn't want
1: it to end this is hype. This this part of the movie game is hyper specific to the Chicago Land listeners. <laughs> okay. All right. Did this movie or did this movie not play Chestnut Station? <laughs> it did uh, not. Correct. <laughs> did this movie or did this movie not uh, play at? Or actually, let me rephrase it. Do you think this movie played at Woodfield, Rolling Meadows, or One Schomburg Place?
0: Shit. Uh, I'll say Rolling Meadows You are
1: correct Nice right. God damn Okay so that's it for those And then I do have Better or worse Oh my
0: gosh It's going to be better But it's okay <laughs> I
1: don't know Well yeah you said it <laughs> I do but, love it so okay. much I, I This is a long list And I don't agree With some of these choices But okay. I had to write them down Okay I like All it right, Better or worse than These 1998 romantic movies This is from Google Okay Okay The object of my affection Better Buffalo 66
0: it's different. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I'd rather watch this, but Buffalo 66 rules. I should watch that. Uh,
1: yeah. Can't Hardly Wait.
0: Better. Are you sure?
1: Ever After. Better. I heard she broke a strike too.
0: Ever to After was the first movie that Erica and I ever saw alone together.
1: I thought it was something about Mary. No.
0: no. We saw that together, but oh, okay. we were not alone. Got ever it. After, we were by ourselves. We were always with groups of friends in the summer of 98, but Ever After, for whatever reason, we went to alone. Got it. Yeah.
1: First movie I ever saw alone with no one else yeah. was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon.
0: Mine was Bird on a Wire.
1: You beat me by 10 <laughs> years. Um, uh, Hope Floats. Better. You've Got Mail. Better. Practical Magic. Better. The Wedding Singer. Music Box is
0: showing Practical Magic.
1: The vampire is less.
0: Yes, and voice. they're calling it like High
1: Low or yeah, something. and yeah, they do that sometimes.
0: Practical Magic is the high art. Is that what we're saying now? No, they're
1: saying that's the low art. Oh, they are? It's always the newer movie is the low art. Oh, I didn't realize.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, yeah. I'm more accepting of it. I still don't <laughs> like it, but... Uh,
1: yeah. Did you see they're playing the Exorcist in 35mm, like the original 1970s? Really? Cool. Going. Nice. I'm excited.
0: Uh, I like it more than the last movie you mentioned, The Wedding Singer.
1: Um, The Truman Show. That's not a romantic movie. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty romantic. You know what's funny about the Truman Show? I just rewatched that like maybe two, three months ago. I think I would live the lie still. Yeah, I probably would too. Because I would be like, eh, Laura Lenny's cute. <laughs> she talks to me about Mococo drink. I'd be like, I'm depressed. She's like mococo drink, and I'm just like, fuck yeah, I'm not depressed anymore. Like, I get that like
0: on a lot of metrics, the Truman Show is a better movie. Yeah. But I would rather watch Mitchell Black.
1: I get it. Uh there's something about Mary. Yikes.
0: Yikes. I've
1: I mean, just rewatched that for the first time since nineteen. How does
0: it do? It's been a couple of years for me.
1: I was never uh something about Mary guy. Okay. And I liked it a little bit more, but it's um, it's never going to be one of my movies. Okay, I'm more of a Kingpin, Dumb and Dumber guy.
0: Okay, uh, something about Mary is definitely one of mine, and so much of it has to do with it being tied up
1: in my relationship with Erica, and like so that makes sense. Yeah, uh, meet Joe Black, Micio Black. I don't know why this was included, but Senseless with David Spade and Marlon Wayans.
0: Okay. It's Mito Rom- Black is better.
1: It's romantic. Uh, Mito Black or What Dreams May Come?
0: I've never seen What Dreams May Come, but those two that comparison makes sense to me. Yeah. They're both kind of romantic mm-hmm. fantasies.
1: I own two copies of it. I haven't seen it. Okay, uh, I'll take one of them. <laughs> The man, is, it's one is a double DVD with Patch Adams. Oh,
0: I will not take that. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh,
1: the Man in the Iron Mask. So romantic. Super romantic. All for one and one for all. <laughs> Micho Black is better. Um, that'd be great if he takes him to the other side, and it's like you're a musketeer. Man. And it's just like that's what the afterlife is. <laughs> one brother's bad, but he looks like another one. That's good.
0: I watched that movie like twice in a row after getting my appendix out because I had like. Did you get your mo-
1: appendix out in a movie theater? No,
0: <laughs> that would make more sense. <laughs> it was late August. Of 1998, mm. and my mom rented me, like, two videos. It was, like, Jackie Brown and the Man in the Iron Mask, and that was all I had, and I was staying at my mom's house to recover. Mm. So I just watched Jackie Brown and the Man in the Iron Mask over and over again.
1: That's cool. <laughs> Is it? I DVR'd uh, Man in the Iron Mask off of MGM Plus 8 Drive-In. <laughs>
0: I haven't seen it since I then, so it's been it 25, 25 years.
1: Yeah, uh, The Parent Trap remake? Never saw it. Dance With Me Vanessa Williams Never saw it uh, Out of Sight
0: Oof. <laughs> Ouch yeah. Out of Sight might be better
1: Rushmore
0: Rushmore Rules Rushmore is super good mm-hmm. Not a romantic movie
1: mm, In a way uh, Sure yeah. uh, Probably Rushmore velvet gold mine oh god damn it mm-hmm.
0: velvet gold mine probably better
1: all right i'll give you an easy one cause thank you. Give you three difficult ones. yeah you did uh, Gina pinkett is woo <laughs>
0: <I> never saw <laughs> woo i'm gonna take a stab that micho black is better
1: i would see it but every screening was sold out every <laughs> single one um run lola run
0: i like that movie i like micho black better
1: pleasantville
0: pleasantville rules
1: i've never seen it
0: oh my gosh I mean, so good. Right. Uh, Pleasantville might be better.
1: Uh, the Last Days of Disco. Last Days of Disco, so good. I need to see it. So good. The mask.
0: in that movie. Holy shit!
1: Yeah. The Mask of Zorro. Uh
0: oh, this is gonna alienate one of our listeners, but uh, I'll say that uh, Mutual Black is better.
1: How Stella got her groove back. Never saw it. Dangerous Beauty.
0: Bored by it.
1: Okay deep impact
0: I hope Erica didn't hear me say that um I still haven't seen deep impact so romantic <laughs> uh Tia Leoni and her dad on a beach and they get washed away by a tidal wave
1: I think they're counting the Lily Sobieski Elijah Oh, well that thing. is romantic. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a crisis right? <laughs> Not going to. At um, any
0: point does Lily Sobieski read her 9/11 poem?
1: <laughs> wait. 3 years. And then he gets divorced. He's just like, I'm Frodo. I don't need this shit. Um, the Horse Whisperer.
0: Never saw it. Six Days,
1: Seven Nights.
0: I mean, it's Anne Haitian regarding Henry. Yeah. Chemistry galore. Yeah. Micho Black is
1: better. uh Stepmom. Micho Black. Shakespeare in Love.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> this is where the rubber meets the road. Erica Will Kill Me. Micho Black, or I'm sorry, Shakespeare in Love. Very romantic. Probably a better movie
1: never seen it but I rented it and my rental's almost up and I still haven't watched it It,
0: I haven't I've maybe seen it twice in my life Mm -hmm. Uh, once was with Erica in 98 very formative again movie for us Uh, probably once since then and I remember at the time thinking it seemed like homework Mm -hmm. and then being surprised at how little it actually felt like homework for what it's worth
1: <clears throat> um, okay, I'm adding one to the list that's not on here. Oh, I love I'll get it. To that one last, okay, because yeah. I have a fan theory. Okay, um, or fan fiction. <laughs> okay, uh, why do fools fall in love?
0: Did I ever see that? No,
1: uh, City of Angels. Oh, shit. You probably like me, Joe Black.
0: I do, but yeah. I, I recently like uh, there was like a. Instagram Reel, or I don't know, fucking something. It was Alanis Morissette on the Kelly Clarkson show mm-hmm. singing Uninvited. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, I need to watch City of Angels again, because that song is, so is good. something else, yeah.
1: man. Uh, great Expectations?
0: Uh meet Joe Black. High Art? Meet Joe Black.
1: Sliding Doors? Meet Joe Black. Okay, and the last one, I think this would be a good double teacher with Meet Joe Black, A Perfect Murder. <laughs> <laughs> and also... Very romantic. What if brad pitt is just like uh he you know he takes hopkins to the other side and he's just like now i want to hang out with douglas <laughs> he's just like i'll show you opulence douglas uh <laughs> douglas kills Jumpman. yeah for sure
0: <laughs> and just, uh, yeah you
1: know, he's just like the rich win.
0: <laughs> douglas sleeps with marcia gay Harden. Sleeps with Clara Forlani. Sleeps with the Jamaican woman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Douglas just fucks everyone in the movie. Yeah. And then kills Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Perfect Murder's good. It is good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else about Meet Joe Black? No, I'm glad that we did this. Yeah, me too. This was fun. Yeah.
1: I really like this movie.
0: Me too. I'm glad
1: I revisited Yay! it. Yay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Thank you everybody who's listened to this episode or any of our 699 previous episodes.
1: I got another question. Yeah, what's you. up? All right, we didn't talk about the Martin Brest filmography. Oh, okay. We did a little bit. Yeah. But what would you say are your top 3 Martin Brest movies?
0: He's only got like five or six, That's right? That's why this is easy. <laughs> okay, so it's Micho Black, Midnight Run,
1: Beverly Hills Cop. Probably probably Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Yeah, those are my top 3. But I think, yeah, Beverly Hills Cop is one. Or no, I take it back. Beverly Hills Cop is one. I will go Meet Joe Black 2. Nice. And I will go Sensible Woman 3. Okay. I need to see Midnight Run again. I only saw it one time.
0: It's pretty good. I thought it was good, but I
1: I didn't like it as much as I thought that I was going to like it.
0: I do feel like its impact, and I think it's a really, really great movie. Yeah. Um, So this is not a knock against the movie, but I Mm -hmm. do think its impact has been diluted a little bit in 2023. As opposed to, what, 1988? Yeah. Okay. Um, because De Niro has done so much comedy. Yeah, in, 90, said, in 88, it was like, oh my gosh, De Niro being funny? What a revolution. Yeah. Uh, and now he's in every shitty comedy, you know, and so it's...
1: You mean what a revolution. <laughs> revolution is Napoleon. <laughs> right, that's right. Yeah. Nobody did it better than him, fuckers. <laughs> He was an edgelord. That's what I got out of the trailer. He was an edgelord.
0: I like the part in the trailer where it goes, Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. I
1: can't listen to that song. A, one, I can't listen to that song. And and I'm not even like an anti-Papa Roach guy. But like, B is, somebody one time said, Cut my steak into pieces. I use a knife and fork.
0: That somebody was weird, Al. yeah. Yeah. It goes, Star I mean. of the pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Um, thank you, everybody, who's listened for 700 episodes. Thank mm-hmm. you to you, Adam, for being part of this for yeah. 600 episodes. Something like that, yeah. Thank you to everybody who's still with us, mm-hmm. uh, writing and podcasting and just being awesome friends. I'm very, very lucky to get to do this with my favorite people. Oh, thanks, man. Thank I you. feel
1: the same, and uh, I look forward to Q four after this movie more than anything. Oh
0: boy, so much pressure.
1: No, yes. it's just we, we got all the shows I get most excited about. Well, the holiday
0: show is like my favorite to do, but then we have to do our top ten, and like, fuck,
1: well, that's I... in January, so that counts as uh, Q one. Oh, nice. Okay, uh, I mean the work is in Q four, right? Like, yeah, right. but. Yeah, all my, all my favorite, like, columns, all my favorite reserved seating yeah. stuff, it's all, all my favorite podcasts, it's all Q4. All are right. we doing Friday Night Double Features? What are we doing this year? Are we doing
0: it? Yeah, we can. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's nothing but gravy from here on out, everyone. And uh, we have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash fthismovie. Mm-hmm. This month's Patreon show, the once-promised me and Rob talking about Robert Rodriguez and Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> collaborating on Hypnotic is that what the movie's
1: called yeah okay I, I was listening to the Gone Girl episode of Blank Check and yeah. they said it came from like ketchup entertainment yeah 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 interesting it's
0: a real piece of shit yeah. and I have to watch it for a second time
1: when you said it's all gravy from here on yeah. out I find it interesting it's because he's Italian and maybe it's an east coast thing but Rob calls spaghetti sauce gravy I know he does and I'm just like that's not gravy I'm like what do you call gravy right what is it
0: right what do you call like poutine what do they put on poutine isn't it like cheese curds covered in gravy?
1: Like, can you give me that boat of Papa Roaches?
0: <laughs> anyway, thank you to Papa Roach for supplying our theme music, mm-hmm. and uh, thank you to yeah. Martin Breast. Please come back and make another movie, even if it's a sequel to Geely. I will see it opening day.
1: I want to see some big American breasts.
0: <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>